0: Traveling the the Vortex.
1: vortex. We've joined (gasps) as she travels the Vortex and arrives at episode 527. I'm Keith. I'm Sean. I'm Glenn. How are you guys? Pretty good.
2: Been a few weeks since we uh, got back together. There's probably tons of stuff to talk about, right? Did you guys do anything fun in the interim?
3: So much fun. So much fun. So much fun. So much What so I fun did, did you do?
2: I did so much that I can't even remember what I did.
3: Yeah, same here. <laughs> I finished the Orville.
2: Mm.
1: Oh.
3: It was phenomenal. No spoilers, but it does end on a extremely high note, which the whole season has been great, but I, I feel in, in general it, go, it goes out on a high note. And should this be the last season uh, and it doesn't get a renewal, I think it's a very fitting ending for things, um, but there's still enough, you know, kind of, balls in the air as it were that they very easily could come back and now that it's on Disney Plus I understand that it's actually uh, number four in the Disney Plus rankings of popularity uh, this week so um, Disney better be paying attention because there's a lot of interest in we we want a fourth season guys so but that's uh, I can't recommend it enough good 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 show good series cool we finished Stranger Things finally, and uh, also pretty amazing. Also very happy. Um, kind of an exhausting series by the time we got to the end of it, with all of the the movie length stuff that was going on there. But but still worthwhile. Um, we went and saw Nope.
1: knew was that any good.
3: It was. I think it's probably Jordan Peele's best film.
0: Huh.
1: That's not. Doesn't seem to be getting as much, at least, box office revenue as his previous ones. I don't haven't looked at the reviews.
3: Yeah, I think it's uh, it's suffering a little bit from just. I don't know. We're in that weird. Um, I I, pre- I predicted this a couple years ago that with the pandemic we were going to hit a spell where there just wasn't really anything new coming out because you know while we we kind of released everything to streaming and then we were going to hit that where there wasn't a bunch of stuff being made because they kept jockeying for positions while they were were doing stuff and I think that's part of it and I also think it's just Top Gun came out and people saw it and was kind of like okay I'm done you know uh, you know they, they 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 had their summer blockbuster and they're not yet used to going back to the theaters for another go around and it's not Marvel so Um, but it's, it's, it is a, if you, if you can go into it as blind as possible, don't study a trailer. Don't uh, just, just, just go because, uh, I think the surprises in it are, are what really makes it work. But we had a lot of fun. One of those great scary movies. It's not too scary and reminiscent of a couple other films, but it's got some, some good twists and turns and, uh, does a really great job of playing up what you think is going on until it hits you with the, oh, it's this, but it's not this. So hmm.
1: really well done.
2: Keith, what about you?
1: I finished uh, the third book in the Red Rising saga. It was a really good end to what I think was supposed to be just a trilogy, and he decided to then continue on and is gonna has done a second trilogy and will I think do a third trilogy. <laughs> but the <laughs> the end of this one was phenomenal. It was the first book, Red Rising was very, very good. This book was equally as good, which is pretty good for the, you know, being the third book in the series. Mm-hmm. I highly recommend it. And it sounds like it might be finding its way to television at some point. So I'm sure it'll be all over the, the feeds once it actually comes out. Yeah. Well very cool. What about you, Glenn?
2: I I was serious. I don't remember anything I did. (laughs) Nothing nothing uh didn't watch anything already. Oh yeah, I did watch those too. Those were cute. well let's move on to the news we've got uh, some pretty sad news to report this time just on the heels of our last um recording we found out that um actor bernard cribbins died um, passed away at 93 i think it was
1: what a good long life
2: yeah we'll of course get to see uh him again in the Doctor Who 60th anniversary. There were some set pictures of them recording with him or uh, 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 shooting with uh, his him on the show. So it looks like Wilford will return, uh, but he will be missed. I can't say that I, I, I knew him from much other than Doctor Who. And then, of course, the the Doctor Who movie, uh, the Dalek Invasion Earth. But, uh, and then I think he did some of the audios, didn't he? He did the, um, that glam rock one. Uh, I can't remember what it was called. That eighth doctor one, he, we found Horror out of in, glam uh, rock. Yeah, that was it. Or glam rock, which was, was pretty cool revelation to find out that, that he was doing the voice in that, doing a voice in that one. So he'll be missed. I really, uh, you know, I, I, these guys pass and I, I think, oh, I, I'm really going to miss these guys. It's sad. But then I think, well, I, I look over at, at my shelf and I think, well, I've, I've got a lot of stuff that I can remember him by, by, you know, going back and pulling something off the shelf and watching from specifically from Dr. So
1: Plus Bernard has that back catalog of stuff we haven't seen Habit, you yeah. know, across the, across the pond that could easily, you know, now that things are so much easier to find these days, catch up and figure, find out what we missed.
2: Right. In fact, I think he's done a couple of the carry on films as well, which are ones that I'm, looking forward to doing sometime
1: you will definitely be missed
2: well let's move on to some happier news we are finally finally getting some first doctor on blu-ray and, and not just the uh, galaxy four uh blu-ray that really that released a little <laughs> while back <laughs> uh they've announced that uh, season two which will be season two in the uk but it Interestingly enough, it's also season two for us. Uh, we'll release on Blu-ray, um, and that includes, um, let's see. Oh, the Crusade is on that one.
3: Planet of the Giants. Planet of the Giants. Dalek Invasion of Earth.
2: Yep. The Rescue, the Romans, the Web Planet, yeah. the Crusade, which we I said, the Space Museum, the Chase, and the Time Meddler. Which is interesting because the Chase we see the send-off of Ian and Barbara.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And then in the Time Meddler, we are... Oh, wait a minute.
1: Well, early in the season, we also get the send-off of Susan and in the introduction of Vicky.
2: That's right. Okay, that's what I was thinking. Because I was going, wait a minute. But the, the Time Meddler is the... Uh, I guess it's Stephen's is... first full uh, yeah. ser- uh, story on the TARDIS, in the TARDIS, so... That's what I was thinking of. I knew it introduced somebody.
1: Uh, Several handoffs throughout this season.
2: It does look like they are going to use uh, the re their well, they're going to reconstruct the two missing episodes of the crusade using off air photographs, which isn't new. They've done that before. They did that with, um, well, officially the BBC did it with, uh, or uh, I should say, I guess it was Too Entertained, did it with uh, the underwater menace. So, we've seen it done before. They've done a little bit of that reconstruction, I think, with the... Um, didn't they do that with Galaxy 4 initially? They did reconstructions with Telesnaps. So, it's 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 not unheard of. And, and this box set, even though I, I kind of was joking with you guys that I had predicted a year ago that that would likely be what they would do with the Crusade, and that's likely what they would do with... Um, Marco Polo from the first season because they've already got a truncated um version of Marco Polo on the um Edge of Destruction. Is that what the one? Uh, yeah, Edge of Destruction DVD. Um I guess it's Edge of Destruction in the Daleks. And so it's the beginning box. I, over yeah, here. I suspect that that will be what they'll do with that one and that'll allow them to release Hartnell's first season as well. so That one I'm hoping that they include the, um, I think it was, I don't remember, you guys watched that. I, I still have not watched that, but I know that there's also in the 90s, I think they had um, uh, Ian Chesterton. What's the actor's name? It's escaping me now.
1: Oh, William Russell.
2: Yeah, William Russell. They had him do a sort of, linking narrative thing, sort of like Tom did for Shada on the VHS. And so I would like to see them include something like that on there. uh, Even though that was shot, you know, many years ago, I think that would be kind of cool. Yeah, that would be, but back to this one, I'm really excited that we're finally getting some first doctor and, and uh, of all of the missing episodes to do a reconstruction and not do animated, with it would be the Crusade would be one of my picks if I had to pick one to do, um, or pick some to do it this way. The Crusade would be one of those because I think the Crusade, even when we watched the Loose Cannons reconstruction of it, I think it I think the story came off really well. Uh, it also helped that we had read the novelization along with watching the um, story. But I think I think it works because I don't think you need a lot of visuals for that one. So. And like I said, it gives us a chance to get the uh, the Blu-ray out there and get, get some of this stuff on Blu-ray that we've been missing from the earlier Doctors.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited. I have not been overly excited about most of the Blu-ray sets because it's like, eh, there's a handful of stories that are like, eh, okay, maybe, but there's enough on this that I don't actually own on DVD that makes me go, oh, yeah, okay, I'll pick that up.
3: I am going to go out on a limb, and I'm going to say it's a ploy. I am going to say that uh, I I agree that of all the the ones to reconstruct, the crusade is one that makes sense to do, Uh, and I am also going to say that from a tactical move, this is the most complete season that's available to the BBC to release, so it makes the most sense to do it. I think they are moving forward with this season as a show of strength, that they are are, are bargaining with any of those private collectors that still have episodes locked away in their closets, as if to say, well, we're releasing it with or without you. And this is their way of showing that, yes, we're doing it and that we're not going to pay any exorbitant fees for these things. You can either return them and allow the world to enjoy them or hold on to them for nothing and, you know, keep them closeted away, but these things are coming out. And so this is, you know, this is kind of serving and putting everybody on notice that, yes, it is coming. And I think it's done in hopes of getting a couple of people to maybe cough up some of those ones that they know are still out there that uh, disappeared after they were found again. But that's me. I'm the eternal optimist.
2: No, it's that's it's an actually interesting theory. I don't think that I would necessarily agree. I don't know that I 100% agree, but I don't think I necessarily would disagree with it either. Um, this is one of those series that I don't think the Crusade is one that they think uh, are being squirreled away. Yeah. So that does make sense for them to release this one, and it still does show that, hey, we're serious about going ahead and put these out, you know, Whether we have everything returned or not, so I I, there are still persistent
3: swirling rumors that Marco Polo does still exist somewhere out there, and I think
2: there's some uh, uh, for season three, uh, which has probably the most Hartnell missing episodes. um, I think there's uh, some. I think there's some belief that there's some mythmakers and some of the massacre that's still out there somewhere. So,
3: and that may also play into the. The, the, you know, which ones have been animated and why they've stopped the animated releases, you know, up to a point that we went ahead and animated the ones that we knew we were never, ever, ever, ever going to recover and didn't animate the ones that we kind of held out hope that maybe could still show up.
2: I I don't know that we can say that because I think the ones. Pure
3: speculation.
2: Yeah. I don't think we can say that with the animation because they started on the path of animation before. I think it was, um, Oh, who was the guy that found the last batch of uh, Morris? Yeah. When he Philip, Philip Morris, when Mm -hmm. he let slip that there were some collectors that had him in their collection there were some that they implied I, I don't think he said but there was some fans that implied that some of the ones that are are in in, in a collection in, along with marco Polo were some that had already been uh, animated as well so i don't know that that was probably necessarily the case with the animated films but or the animated episodes Time will tell, though. I mean, I think you've got a real good point with the Marco Polo, why they chose season two instead of season three. And also, season two, to be fair, uh, another argument for it is there's only two episodes missing out of the entire series. Yeah. They've, they've got two episodes of the Crusade. If you look at series one, they're, they don't have all of Reign of Terror, so they're going to have to rely on an animated uh, set for that one. And Which they, they don't, don't have any of Marco Polo. Yeah, right. And they don't have any of Marco Polo. So that that would be another there. argument for saying, well, season two made the most sense right now. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I think the Marco Polo aspect of it, because if they were going to do the Blu-ray, they're going to want to do a, a complete reconstruction, not the truncated version for that story. And since all of it is missing compared to only two of, of the Crusade, I think that's... A, I think that weighed heavily on why they chose this one.
2: Well, did uh,
1: not into the conspiracy theory.
2: No, I see. <laughs> well, uh, I, I, dis- I, this, I disagree. This one's easy, I disagree. I disagree.
1: It's easier to do. So I, they're going to do it first I, while they work on the Marco Polo. I
2: disagree with you. I don't think they're going to reconstruct seven stories with snapshots. I don't see them doing that. I don't see them putting that much effort into Marco Polo. I see them releasing that one with the abbreviated version for the sheer fact that it, it's not cost effective for them to reconstruct seven episodes. It is for the crusade doing two, but I just don't see them. Re- I, I could be wrong, but I don't see them doing reconstruction. Well, especially since Marco Polo doesn't have telesnaps existing either. So that was one of the ones that doesn't. In fact, whenever you see pictures of Marco Polo, it's always the um, onset production uh, photos that were taken. So I, I would disagree that I, I don't think they will be reconstructing Marco Polo in any way unless they animate it, which we know they probably won't.
3: Yeah, Marco Polo's just got so many strikes against it. Being a historical, being that there are no telestaps, being that it's, you know, seven parts long, it, it, it's just a difficult pill to swallow for BBC to go, e, what do we do with it? Uh, in in order to rescue it and I mean it's great that we have the audio don't get me wrong yeah but but it, it's such a what do you do with the audio what do you marry that to in order to get it out there and I kind of feel like the, the the truncated version that's available now honestly is probably I mean if money were no object then yes I would totally love to have it animated um but money is an object. Right. And so I, I feel like the truncated version is probably the best we can hope for. Um, and, and then maybe, you know, an audio version that would play and maybe with a script or something that would allow you to read along with it or something as a, a bonus feature. But I, I, un, unless they find it, I don't think we'll ever see Marco Polo in its entirety. Yeah. It kills me to say that. It kills me to say that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh
2: Time will tell. I suppose we'll see.
1: It's nice that they also got Maureen O'Brien to come back for that video that the trailer. Oh, it was so sweet, wasn't it? Yeah.
3: I mean it was simple compared to, you know, some of the plot heavy other ones that have kind of come along, but it didn't need to be overly complex. Yeah.
2: I guess looking at this, there was Telesnaps of Marco Polo. Um, But let's see, Telesnaps existing. So there's 72. Wait, is that per story? One, two, three, four, five, six. Oh, yeah. Okay, so they're actually they do have a good number. I I may be eating my words now, Keith, because they do have (laughs) a good number. There's 72 from the first one, 78 from the second one, 75 from the – third one there are none available for the fourth story Mm -hmm. Then 70 69 and 80 the last one has the most so I could beat my words it's uh there are quite a few web planet doesn't but we don't need to worry about that one because we have that one animated uh the chase we don't worry about Mm -hmm. because we have that oh no web planet exists not animated sorry Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Sorry. Yeah, (laughs) yeah that's in fact that whole season does um
3: Although that one makes an interesting case for one that maybe should be animated. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right.
2: <laughs> it looks like season three is the one that has the most existence. And no yeah, season three is going to be tough because there are none that exist. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Well, like I say, time will tell. We'll see.
4: You are invited on an adventure across all of time and space, in a completely random order. It's the Police Box in the Junkyard podcast. Jump in the TARDIS with your hosts,
0: Eric Kilbranson, Asad Khashki,
4: and Matthew Kressel. Explore Doctor Who TV stories, audio adventures, and books, both novels and non-fiction. The Police Box in the Junkyard podcast. It's the entire who On shuffle. The Police Box in the Junkyard podcast is a member of the Direction Point Network and is available about once a month wherever you find your podcasts. You are listening to Travelling the Vortex.
2: All right, well, shall we move on to our reviews?
4: Can you hear me? Planet Earth, is this getting through? Something is coming. Something is coming for you. My name is the doctor. You might not remember me, but I remember you. I need you to listen to me. You're in danger. Big, serious, end of the world type danger. And normally, I drop right in to help you with that. But something's stopping me from getting through. I don't know much yet. I'm still figuring it out. But you're forgetting me. You're forgetting us, me and my friends and everyone who's ever helped me. It's like they're disappearing. Disappearing? No. Hmm. Worse than that, they're being erased from existence. Redacted from reality. And if you're listening to this, and you know who I am, then it's coming for you too. So please, listen. I know it's weird. I know it's scary. I know it seems impossible but sometimes you have to step up and do the weird, scary, impossible thing because someone has to. Remember me. Remember the doctor. Doctor Who Redacted, a 10-part audio drama from Juno Dawson. Listen first on BBC Sounds.
1: Doctor Who Redacted. What if this random police public call box was actually an alien ship? They don't know who the Doctor is or if aliens are real, but soon find themselves caught in a supernatural conspiracy as they learn that everyone who's ever met the Doctor is disappearing and being forgotten. Essentially, they're being redacted from reality. The Blue Box Files is so unsuccessful that our heroes are the last ones to be affected by the redaction, making Cleo, Abby, and Shauna the world's only hope. Now it's a race against time to uncover the truth.
3: Um, (laughs) <laughs> did i tip my hand I uh, tip my hand. well no
2: i mean i mean i think that you do that every week so i uh, go ahead uh, it's you not start
1: a hand, it's starting your review that's
2: right that's right
3: <laughs> go ahead and start no somebody else jump on this i'm i'm, I'm curious to i've, I've already t- i've already given it to my review somebody else uh, chime in and and, and I, I will i will nod along
2: well, this is I, I will say this is a series that I got a chance to listen to as they were coming out. So I did this on a week to week and I just kept thinking every week how good the stories were. And the first three stories specifically, I thought were so good. And uh, Juno Dawson, who wrote she actually conceived that they actually conceived the series and wrote the uh, first three episodes. And I think she comes back and writes the last uh, – I guess she writes a little bit with others in some of the other ones. But anyway, she wrote those first three. And I thought, oh, when I got to to, to Series 4, I thought, please don't let this fall off. Please don't let this fall off. Please let this be as good as it's been. <laughs> and so when I got to Angels, and that one was, I think, primarily written by Christina uh, Brinkworth, it still held up. It still held up immensely. And – in fact, taking us the direction of going to bringing Unit in was really cool. Um, mm-hmm. The 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 angel. Well, here's what I really like about this series is it is a love letter to new Doctor Who, and by that I mean we get a lot of callbacks. We get the Ronnie, or not the Ronnie. I'm sorry, uh, the we Ronnie. get Ronnie. <laughs> sorry, we get Ronnie. We get Unit with Kate Stewart and Osgood. Um, we get dropped uh, um, we get dropped names like the adipose, the angels, the um, just all of these different little things that they allude to. What was the other one? Uh, uh, there was another big one that I it's escaped me now. but anyway, it, it just these little I call them fan moments, but they're they're constructive fan moments because we're talking about, three women who do a doctor who not a doctor who a a, a conspiracy plot podcast or a, a mystery podcast called the blue box and their are blue box files and so it totally makes sense that they have caught brief you know stories or 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 They've caught wind of these different events that have happened that, you know, we, we've we we've witnessed in the series. And so I thought that was a really clever way to kind of go, hey, throw Adipose here. Hey, throw this here. Hey, throw that there. And kind of make it still work in the overall arc of the story by framing it that way. So that was really cool. But I just all from beginning to end of this one, every week there was never one that let down. And it was really frustrating for me because most of these end on a cliffhanger and so it was very much a oh now i've got to wait an entire week to find out what's going to happen next so that was kind of thrilling and exciting as well I mean, I very much like you know some of those two-parters back in the in the the uh the uh new series and then of course even more so in the classic series where you know you went story to story or not story to story episode to episode with a cliffhanger so that was kind of fun getting that again
1: I agree with a lot of what you said, Glenn, and it it feels like they thought about okay if this was actually a podcast set in the Doctor Who universe, kind of about the Doctor and the mysteries of what's going on, without actually making it full on Linda, which that we had a nice references to also. Um, how would they go about it, and what kind of things would they what sort of events would that? But would coincide with that, so there was a lot of those things. We like even the discussion about the moon going, the hospital going to the moon. I mm-hmm. thought that was really clever and something that not a lot of people would think of instantly of a, a, a widespread events as far as the new series goes. So I thought they were, did a really good job thinking about all of those little subtle nuances while weaving the story together. I do think the overall it gets. A little bit long in the tooth, uh, especially later on in the season. I felt like it was kind of a okay. Well, let's kind of we're treading our wheels a little bit too much here. Let's get moving a little bit more with the story. Um, like the introducing unit and the inter- and the interrogations and all of that, and then being in the warehouse was all really cool, and it felt like they were starting to uncover mysteries. And then they have their big fight and then go off their separate ways, and it felt like it was a a backpedal too much to get to this new place to end the story it felt it that was my biggest complaint with it was that that section when they go off and uh what's her face stays with unit was it
2: abby or was it shauna that i couldn't remember i think it was abby that stayed right
1: i think it was abby that stayed the fact that abby's not necessarily the fact that abby stays but it it, feels like they They were making forward momentum on what's going on, and then they slid backward because of all of that.
2: I I can see what you mean, but I think that also needed—I think that was sort of needed because it added that kind of uh, romantic tension because I think it's Shauna that doesn't admit that she's had feelings, romantic feelings for Abby— and so that's kind of forced to the front. And so I think that that actually works for that because it does give us that, uh, you know, kind of romantic uh, tension happening there and that sort of realization. So I think that that furthers that kind of aspect of it along. But I can kind of see what you mean by it kind of does feel like we're treading water on everything else that's happening uh, you know, uh, for the sake of that.
1: Yeah, it feels so. like they could have done it in a different way. While still moving everything forward. And while I, by the time we got to the end of it, I understood why we had to take the detour, clear out to wherever um, Cleo grew up, and especially since it focused around Cleo a lot. But while it was happening, I was like, what, why are we doing this? It didn't, it didn't quite seem to, to click right away with me, anyways, of why this site, this other side trip of, Whatever's going on with her mom, um, why they're going to try to focus on that instead of continuing the the investigation as it was.
2: That was the only thing that I felt uh, like they were spinning their wheels on, is I felt that Ghosts and, and Rescue were a little too strung out there. So, Oh, Madame Vastra, and- that was the other thing that was the big uh, surprise in that when Vastra shows up, when it reveals that, um, uh, was it Requiem? Is that what she was calling herself? Or- mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, we find out that it's Matt of Vastra. I thought that was neat.
1: I am disappointed they didn't actually get uh, Nev Macintosh back though.
2: Oh, is that not her?
1: I didn't I didn't recognize her as Vastra until they started calling her Vastra. Oh, is that right?
2: I thought she yeah, did a I, I thought she did a really good Vastra.
1: I wasn't impressed
2: oh.
3: It was not neve for 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 the record.
1: I'll be darned. I did uh, not realize that. Mac Kitchen? I'm probably butchering the name.
2: I'll be darned. Uh, regardless,
1: it was still exciting for her to show up. It was. And I had trouble. I, at first I was like, well, how is she even there? And then she had that nice drop line of how long her species lives. Yeah. I'm like, okay. Oh, that works well, and she's a bit of a stretch, but it works. She
2: makes the comment about her uh long dead wife, too, which I kind of all oh, Jenny, yeah, poor Jenny. But you know, I mean, she's got a lifespan, she's they're living in Victoria, England, so yeah, obviously, uh, that's gonna not gonna last, so
1: right.
3: I was struck r- right from the get go with how easy it was to to fall into this the um the the, the setup of making this a, an x-files-esque you know podcast um you know obviously we had shades of uh uh clive and as uh, have you seen this man um uh, Kind of uh, conspiracy theories and, and and stuff, but they're having way more fun with it and and not nearly so sinister. Uh, well, they're almost deal- not
2: taking themselves too seriously.
3: Yeah, and, and, and that I think worked uh, for for the nature of it. And uh, our, our our heroines are, are are quite funny, and they have great chemistry together. Uh, and uh, yeah, I'll say it, uh, they reminded me quite a bit of a certain trio of doctor who podcasters <laughs> in real life <laughs> you know if 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 this if traveling the vortex had started off on a slightly different road i could have seen us doing something along those lines um so uh, I, it was it was easy for me to like these people and then as the story progressed and uh we you know would get these little hints of things being wiped and the doctor ostensibly being blamed for it. It was like, well, what is going on here? And I remember thinking to myself when I, when I really kind of caught wind of what the redacted in doctor who redacted meant. And it was like, Oh, <laughs> okay. And, and just what a cool concept that was. And then being a little frustrated that this didn't come out during the whole, uh, Oh, I just lost the name of it. Um, or it goes back to the dark times—the last big thing we did. Um,
1: oh, uh, Lord Victorious.
3: Lord Victorious. It felt very much like it could have slotted into that very easily. That this could have been a, a side effect or or something as a part of the rippling of of that kind of stuff. Um, but uh, I was just, I'm just just having a blast with it. And then somewhere in the middle uh, after uh, uh, Kate and Osgood and uh, uh, everybody had shown up, I, I suddenly realized that this series has done a very phenomenal job of not only being a, uh, a love letter, as Glenn pointed out, a showcase for um, a new who, but a showcase of all of these very strong female characters from doctor who mm-hmm. because all of the guest stars, uh, you know, are, are women. And, uh, I, I very appropriate, uh, you know, for a, a female led a uh, podcast that that's who they, they encounter, uh, and kind of just having them show up one after another, after another, after another was just kind of like, yeah, these ladies all kick ass, you know, it was, it was just kind of this nice reminder, uh, that, uh, the doctor who has done some really good things, uh, with, with, with lady characters of late. Um, and so that, that was very, uh, affirming I felt. And then we got to the, the ghost story arc and I kind of agree with, with Keith. It, it went a little off the rails and that, it was almost too similar to like the doomsday plot where it felt like, you know, okay. So are these Cybermen that are trying to come through and how come nobody remembers that (laughs) (laughs) for all of the things that they've wiped from people's memories? (laughs) Nobody remembers the battle of Canary Wharf. Seriously? Skies full of Daleks and ghost Cybermen coming through on the lawn of the Taj Mahal but nobody remembers it. Okay. <laughs> um, but it 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 just felt very, I, 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 almost to the point where I wasn't sure if they were trying to maybe place this during that time frame, even though I knew they, they physically couldn't do it during that time frame. You know what I mean? Hmm. Um, and so I, I, I was a little lost during it until uh, Cleo makes the connection with the doctor that, oh, it's a psychic, you know, it's a psychic plane. Oh, I'm so dense. And what a wonderful doctor moment that Cleo has there. Mm -hmm. Almost eighth doctor, stupid, stupid doctor, you know, that she got it and it it was this kind of fist pump. Oh yes. You know? Um, And that it's just kind of the, the, you know, a prison of your mind that you're only here because you feel like you need to be here. And that you just, you know, click your heels together three times and you get to go home. You just have to wish there's no place like home and you get to come home. Uh, and the simplicity of that, I kind of redeemed everything. And I was like, you know what? I don't care. The it just it, it, You gave me a happy ending and we we reconciled with mom and it just, I enjoyed the ride. I am totally okay with this. I, I had a lot of fun during this one. So it, it made me happy. hmm
1: Yeah, I I really liked, especially early on, how they unveiled all of the you know the redacting aspects of things of people disappearing and no one remembering but Cleo or certain all of that stuff. They did a really good job of. Well, we talk about this. There's missing people and it's going up and going up and then it's starting to go down because they're forgetting and that's such a cool idea. Mm
3: I really appreciated the uh, the time spent in the, the the warehouse with was it Joel where they're uh, firing the sonic at oh the yeah yeah hands of soda like, <laughs> what are you doing Cream soda obviously or ginger ale works better
1: <laughs> well and that was a great part where it was you know it felt like a breather yeah. And it didn't feel like it was. Well, it, it was. I mean, you look at it, and for the most part, it's treading water a little bit because they're not really getting much discovered or or moving things forward too much. But it's enough of a breather that it doesn't feel like you're not progressing, like it does later. Mm-hmm. I wish that the the follow up scene to
3: that, where they find you know the box of dad's belongings, um. Mm-hmm. It, it seemed a little too knee-jerk reaction. <clears throat> and it, admittedly, I'm not in, in, in Cleo's shoes. Had I assumed that my dad was missing or had walked out or, you know, whatever, years and years and years and years ago, and then all of a sudden in this shadow government agency, I find a box of his stuff surrounded by other boxes of other people's stuff, and it's apparently part of a yeah he's been killed i probably would have made the same leap but to automatically conclude that unit was responsible for killing him i think was too convenient just for the purposes of breaking up our trio and so i can kind of see what keith was going for there because it felt very jk rowling like oh we're gonna break up harry ron and hermione because we need to for the story even though the three of them together are what make the story work mm-hmm. and that's the part that we enjoy the most about reading those books that's kind of how these three ladies worked they were best, they, you know, at their best when they were together and I, I, I didn't want to see them broken apart and to automatically make that leap and then, you know, Oscar didn't even didn't even give an explanation as to why a, no, 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 you've got it all wrong, it was because of this she just kind of came across very cold as, as to say, "Yeah, well, okay. There's the door." It's like, "Okay, we're we're gonna go that route with it." You, you stole her friend, and you're you're just gonna, you know. So it was a little bit of a contrivance to get there. Um But okay, whatever. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Um, I will say that the uh, the doctor does not seem to have a good track record with showing up and uh, saving people's parents. Um, <laughs> in the past, um, they've they've failed at this before in the series. And in fact, when they started talking about that, that reminded me of uh, what is the tenth doctor episode where that happens, and uh, the the main person sees. Him as a child, and he can't. He and he was there investigating something, and it ends up taking one of their parents. Now I can't remember what story it was, but it really reminds me of that. And I thought, wow, it, a doctor just isn't really good at saving kids' parents when <laughs> in the past when something happens. <laughs> what story was that? I can't remember now.
3: Um. I don't know. It's it's escaping me. It'll come yeah, to me. I can't
1: remember it either.
3: Time for a rewatch. <laughs> so I struggled at the at, uh, toward the end of this. Uh, I, I was hit with a thought, and I hesitate now to even bring it up, but I kind of want to mention it just because of the epiphany that I had as I worked my way through it. And I'm curious to know... If you guys, and maybe it's because I'm a writer that I hit upon it versus versus not. When I, right on the heels of my thinking, wow, look at all these awesome women that we've had in Doctor Who. This is so cool that this show has done this, that this, this series of podcasts. My next thought was we, we, we got to the episode where the... Um, the cops were uh, being very ineffective at uh, attempting to rescue them from the ghosts. <laughs> which, which, of course, is, is, is such a trope. It's Like, yes, come and rescue us. Oh, look, you got eaten. That's terrible. I, <laughs> just,
1: <laughs>
3: darn. Um, and and it, it suddenly dawned on me that for all of the um, strong and capable women characters that showed up throughout this, the male characters in this were all pretty much worthless kind of across the board. And what I mean by that is they, they, they showed up and they were in various stages of, um, in, in the case of, um, Joel, they were, you know, either subservient or the case of the random uh, guy who decides to threaten her at unit, uh, you know, uh, extremely violent and then proven to be inefficient at it because he's either wiped and transferred or or just wiped or or just transferred one of the one of those uh or the cops that they're just inefficient at their jobs and you know threatened by the ghosts and then wiped uh really the only male character that's kind of worth their salt at all is her brother jordan and he's removed from the story for a very large chunk of it and so then that led me to the, okay, so I'm wondering if this is done on purpose from a stance of female empowerment writing or is this just because these are all tropes and it wouldn't have mattered had this been a trio of men running through the, the, the paces anyway. And once I fa- once I said that out loud to myself, I realized that it wouldn't have mattered because if it was guys, they are all tropes every single one of these situations is a tropey. You've got the threatening guard. You've got the ineffective cops. You've got the, this. So it is all tropey writing. So then it doesn't matter that the gender flip happened in the way that it did. And I was just curious. I, I want to make it clear that I am not in any way, shape, or form you know, throwing shade at anybody. I was just curious if that was something that you guys noticed at all when you were listening to it.
2: Not in the slightest. Not, okay. e- yeah. not even in the... Not even... Even, even now you saying in that and me thinking back i still don't even get that feeling or impression
3: okay good then it was just me and it it, mean, it meant nothing
2: loving <laughs> loving monsters elton's mom was killed oh, okay. by the shadow ghost yep. that's why the that's oh, why he's yeah. that's why he's obsessed with the doctor because he remembers him from childhood but doesn't remember it doesn't exactly remember it he just remembered. So they these. likely took
1: a, it took a page out of that because yeah, you know, Linda yeah. also too. So. Oh, that's right. Yeah, Linda that's Right, Linda's, Linda's
3: from that episode. Wow, of all the things to remember, Love and Monsters for Elden's mom would not be. <laughs>
4: <laughs> oh, yeah, that's but not, I,
3: thats, that's not one a, of the cornerstones of that episode. I'm an apologist for that. Oh, I know we all are, but I just you know, that's get not what I remember from that, one. from that story. Yeah, I mean. <laughs>
2: Well, I didn't remember exactly the the. Well, I couldn't remember who it happened to, but I remember the circumstances. So I'd forgotten it was his mother too, not his father.
3: This was just such a delightful story. I it, was so it really is. You, oh, and well. you know, the other thing is, it was. Ju- I, I wonder too if my enjoyment of it maybe was the fact that it wasn't time war related. <laughs> 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 there there may s- have been a, a small piece no, of that I, that just because it was well, different I think was, it, was adding to it, but. Overall, it was it was just such a nice, uh, just a, just a breath fresh air, and it was so well done, and uh, just across the board, the writing, the uh, the, the performances. Um, I did, I just, I couldn't have been more pleased with it.
2: Right. No, I, I agree. It it it's it's strong writing. It's um, great performances. It's the little fan moments that are thrown in there, and it's you know it, it, they included characters that we're familiar with they introduced us with two characters uh very endearing characters that uh, i i grew to love and yeah i just overall i i i praise the series and i i would like to see them go on and do even more i could even see this as a spinoff uh tv series as well i think this could easily oh, yeah. easily work on tv uh maybe in even the short format that they do it in
1: Or even just bringing these three main characters as cameos to a TV episode would be awesome. Yeah,
2: yeah, absolutely.
1: Certainly more Cleo
3: would be welcome. Yeah. 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 Not that they're not all great, but uh, I I definitely felt an affinity for Cleo.
1: Well, she really becomes the main character throughout the entire thing. Well, she's kind of our substitute doctor. Yeah, she really is. Yeah, yeah. Well she's she plays the role of substitute doctor and substitute companion at the same time. Yeah. She's our eyes into the world and it gets to be the doctor too.
2: And it helps that she's the only one that remembers all this stuff. (laughs) Well, that's true.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And saves the day.
2: (laughs) Right, right. Do you collect Doctor Who? Do you have Doctor Who items and you don't know you collect Doctor Who? For all things in the Doctor Who collecting world, tune in to the Doctor Who Collectors Podcast, a Direction Point Network podcast. I am Larry Van Resspringen, your host, and I have been collecting Doctor Who for 40 years. With popular features like collection protection and the most outrageous offer, we have a lot of fun. Available anywhere you get your podcasts. You're listening to Traveling the Vortex, a Direction Point Network podcast. All right, well, Sean, what do we got coming up on the schedule?
3: Well, coming up next on the schedule, we dip back into the Time War with Act Two. Uh, we start off with a uh, uh, next time short trip, all hands on deck, uh, in which uh, Susan Foreman gets her uh, her call up papers, as it were, uh, followed by the box set uh, Susan's War. We get four stories of uh, Susan's involvement and then not one not two not three but four eighth doctor box sets uh, time war one two three and four uh, and that will be bookended by another short trip hard on both sides. And then uh, I think we have uh, we finish off with diary River uh, a diary River song in there don't we a classic doctor.
2: Uh, I think there is Classic one Doctor following that. Yeah, mm-hmm.
3: yeah. Classic Doctor's New Monsters is what it is. Now, it's not a Diary of River Song, but it's a River Song story. Yeah, So there, that's what, yeah. That's that's what, that's what I'm thinking of. Yes, okay. It is a it is a River uh, Song. Uh, there's there's technically a block of them, but I think we've mm-hmm. reviewed some of the others. So yeah, it'll kind of be be a review for the segment. So that that kind of lays out all of Act Two that is coming up in our year-long look at the Time War.
2: Right. What you're thinking of is, is uh, Rulers of the Universe, Diary of the River Song uh, 1.4 actually falls in this time, and we're foregoing that because we've already reviewed that, but we will be picking gotcha. up the classic Doctor's New Monsters uh, Series two four, which has uh, Day of the Vestor Narada, which is part of this as well, this set as well, or this era as well, I should say. It's at least just... loosely connected, we can put it that way. <laughs> it's got the 8th Doctor,
3: so... Yep, as as with all things that we've been listening to at this time war, it's loosely connected. <laughs> yeah, well, for, for sure, I'm hoping it's
2: a little more connected now that we're we're drawing back into the the Doctor in the story and not so much the War Master, where we're feel like we're just kind of coming up with War Master stories because we love Derek Jacoby, and I, I I'm glad that they do, but they certainly don't tie as closely as I'd like. Well, be sure to check out our website, TravelingVortex.com. And if you get any value out of this podcast, why not put some value back into it? You can do that by clicking on our Patreon link and supporting us on Patreon. Uh, Also, please consider giving us a five-star review wherever you subscribe to the podcast. Make sure you join in the conversations on our listeners forum on Facebook. Anything else we need to uh, touch on before we close this one? If not, until next
3: time, I'm Glenn. I'm Sean. I'm Keith. Cheers.